This is Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. This week, families are frustrated with the lack of childcare in Colorado. The wait list to get a kid below three years old into a daycare, they're two years long. Some say it's a crisis that must be addressed soon. I'm Micah Smith. And I'm Nathan Haffel. Today, we have a real talk about childcare in Colorado, from the options available for families to the early childhood educators struggling just to get by. Welcome to Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. I'm Colorado Public Radio's Nathan Heffel. And I'm Denver 7's Micah Smith. Each week, in a partnership between Denver 7 and CPR, we will have a Real Talk about issues impacting underrepresented people across Colorado. And this week, we're talking child care in Colorado. For many families in our state, child care is a necessity to continue putting food on the table and to keep working. But not only is child care pricey, it can also be a lengthy process to get your child enrolled. I talked with parents at a Denver preschool who will soon have to go through that enrollment process again. This group of parents won a lottery of sorts, getting their kids a spot in a downtown Denver preschool called the Wonder Academy. The wait list to get a kid below three years old into a daycare, they're two years long. We were super excited to have something that was local, um, a place where our kids were happy to be. Norma Gibson and Philip Carpin say last month they learned a developer bought the Wonder Academy's building. So their preschool is closing at the end of July. Here's another parent, Nicole Ford. I have a wife and um, we wanted to make sure that we felt included and we wanted a, a community that was inclusive of the, the LGBTQ community. And um, when we had gone to other schools, we didn't quite feel comfortable. But coming to Wonder Academy, it was no problem. We were widely accepted. Tom Laguerre has a granddaughter who attends the Wonder Academy too. My daughter is a single parent. She relies on public assistance to send my granddaughter here through CCAP. And most daycare centers don't provide positions for children who need assistance. In a statement to Denver 7, the owner and founder of the Wonder Academy, Chelsea Moran, said in part, there's been a shortage of spaces, especially in the infant and toddler age range, for well over a decade. And yet it's simply left to families to figure out a way to find care that aligns with their values and budget. It is heartbreaking. Jonathan Boydston feels that heartbreak too. I just think that there's a child care crisis in this city and I really think that it needs to be addressed. And the issue should be more of a priority, according to Peter Knox. It seems really short-sighted to focus too much on the uh, building housing for people who are ostensibly going to, some proportion of them, have kids and need child care. I'm not a city planner or a, a politician by any means, but I do think there needs to be some sort of protections for um, locations that are set up as educational facilities. You know, obviously public schools, but um, you know, where are you gonna put your kids between the time when they're three months old if you're a working parent? I just want to highlight how good the school is. I mean, they put a lot of work into uh, developing their staff. And Philip Carpin and Norma Gibson say, finding that again. We're now on 15 wait lists um, across the city. Will be a big challenge. Nathan, speaking with these families, I could feel the parents' anguish. Yeah. They love this school. They want to keep their kids in this school. Developer comes in, and now they have to start from scratch. Yeah, 15 wait lists over and over saying, is there a spot for my kid? And you just have to wait and see. You just have to wait. Yeah. Tough situation. Child care can be hard to find across our state, as you just heard. 
An analysis by the Center for American Progress has a new way to visualize childcare scarcity in Colorado. And a map of Metro Denver shows that areas where childcare deserts are predominant include eastern parts of Aurora, areas around Thornton and Westminster, along with many areas of Lakewood. There is a similar situation happening in Colorado Springs. Much of the areas around the Colorado Springs Airport and south of that into Widefield and Fountain are also seeing a lack of childcare services. So let's have a real talk about how families are dealing with the state of childcare in Colorado. We spoke with Julie Giel and Jenna Matthews, who are both parents of children at the Wonder Academy in Denver. Thank you both so much for joining us. You're Thanks welcome. for having us. Yeah. Now, tell us about why you chose the Wonder Academy and how it's been for your kids. Our kids started at the Wonder Academy at the same time. So one of the things that we love about the community is that they're thriving and they're best friends and they have stability. Um, my wife and I, when we found the Wonder Academy's website, we immediately knew that's where we had to send our child. Yeah, similarly, for my husband and I as well, we um, were lucky to kind of stumble upon the Wonder Academy when we were, I think we started looking when I was about like five months pregnant. Um, and had heard that that was what we needed to do. And in fact, some of the wait lists we're on now had like a trying option. So like if you aren't even pregnant, but you're trying to get pregnant, you can get on a daycare wait list. And so we had kind of heard some of those things. And, and this was back in, you know, January of 2021. Um, so this isn't like a new issue, but we had found um, Wonder Academy kind of in that process and um, spoke with Chelsea um, over Zoom because it was definitely pandemic times. Um, and what, what really stood out to me is there background in attachment um, and how they really lean on attachment work and neuroscience. Um, and that's my background as well um, as a social worker. And so that really resonated with me. And they really value and highlight the um, socio-emotional learning for kids, which is so important for younger kids, especially. So they really, it really clicked um, for us and we were, and we felt so lucky to get a spot, <laughs> so. And that's, that's the key word, lucky for it. Yes. I keep hearing you both talk about how much you love the school that you're in, but it's almost like, well, you may be or you may not be in this place. What is that process like for you to say, I'm just gonna say, all right, we're gonna wing it. And if we get in, great, but there are 15 other schools we have to look at. It doesn't feel like winging it. It just feels like luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and to be honest, like some of it to me, having gone through losing our daycare is our school is I'm just like tired of talking about wait lists and I'm tired of talking about this as a crisis. As Jenna said, it's been like this for a long time and I continue to see stories that are the same. We don't have enough teachers. We don't have enough schools. And what are we doing about it? If, if early childhood education is so important and, you know, the work that the Wonder Academy is doing, you know, grounded in science is so important for like the, the people who will take over our city, why aren't we investing in those areas? I know this is a, a tough question that I'm about to ask you, but I know a lot of parents are wondering, come July, what are you planning to do? What does that look like for you now? And we can start with you, Jenna. Yeah, so we ended up finding a spot um, at a place in Lakewood, um, and it'll be about a 
30 minute round trip each way for us, if not longer with morning traffic. Um, whereas right now we're about a five minute drive from the Wonder Academy. And, you know, I think that location is so tough. I mean, we, you know, we're hardly driving. There's so many Wonder Academy parents that bike or walk. Um, and so there's really like nothing available in the same vicinity. And so it'll be a pretty major lifestyle shift for us. Um, and, you know, who knows kind of what the long term <laughs> will end up looking like. But and, and again, like coming back to lucky, we feel really, really lucky to even have found anything, um, even though it's, you know, significantly further away from our house. Yeah. What about you? What is your what are your plans? We ha don't have a solid plan um, at this juncture. We are kind of at a loss and we're really grieving the loss of our community. Uh, these are some great teachers. It's a great school with great parents and it's hard to want to pay to get on a wait list that we're not going to get in in three months. What about your children? What are you telling them and, and how are they taking this? Honestly, I feel kind of lucky. I think our kids are a little too young that we haven't had to really deal with that yet. Um, I know my kiddo will be two next month um, and Julie's kiddo is a little bit younger, a couple yeah. months younger. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure out when it gets a little closer, kind of how to do that transition with them. And I'm sure they'll, I'm sure it'll be harder in the moment, but um, to this point. those routines that you just get so yeah. used to are just done. They're exactly. gone, Exactly. Right? Yeah. And literally even, you know, yesterday when I was picking up my kiddo, um, Julie's kiddo was there and he ran over and gave her a big oh. hug before he left, you know? And yeah. so they're just like, you know, they, yeah. they have these connections with each other. They, and it's the, that way with the whole class, you know, they've really, and, and across the school as well. And just to reiterate for our viewers and listeners, the Wonder Academy is in downtown Denver. That in and of itself is very hard to find a childcare facility in downtown Denver that's meeting all of your family's needs. I know there are a lot of folks listening and watching, finding themselves in the same situation. What would you like to see at the city and state level to address the issue when it comes to lack of child care? Funding. Funding and support. You know, if we were able to find another location for a school in the area, it would be at a market rate. If you're charging market rate, then you're going to have to increase tuition. We're already paying a lot. And then if you want to pay your teachers well, that adds to tuition too. You know, we're losing great teachers. Our school is incredible. And a lot of them have said, we can't go anywhere else. Like we need support for educators' careers and we need funding and space for these centers to exist. Agreed. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about afford affordable childcare. And I think what we really need is subsidized childcare because there's no, there, like as Julie was saying, there's no way. And our teachers are, you know, coming to say like, I can't make this much money any, at anywhere else where I'm seeing job listings. And that is going to result in them leaving the field. And that's the exact opposite of what we need right now. Another tough issue. I do want to say a lot of parents at the Wonder Academy are looking for childcare options. So if you have any leads at all, please reach out to me or Nathan. We'll be happy to pass those along. Um, yeah, we just we know this is a tough situation and we hope that you find a resolution very soon. Thank you Thank both you. for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. That was Julie Geel and Jenna Matthews, who are both parents of children at the Wonder Academy in Denver. We are just getting started with this real talk about childcare in Colorado. Next, our conversation shifts to early childhood teachers. We take a look at salary ranges for teachers and how that is leading to a shortage in the workforce. We hear from a former teacher about her experience. This is Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News.
Welcome back to Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. I'm Denver 7's Micah Smith. Today, we're having a Real Talk on child care in Colorado. And I'm Colorado Public Radio's Nathan Heffel. We've explored how difficult it can be for families to find a child care provider, but on top of that, some providers can't pay their early childhood teachers a sufficient salary. Based on data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, there were more than 8,000 child care workers in Colorado in May of 2021. The average hourly salary for those workers was $16 per hour. That's an annual salary of just over $33,000 per year. And get this, Colorado is actually among one of the highest paying states for child care workers. To continue this real talk on child care, we spoke with former teacher Jamita Horton. Jamita, thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be here. <laughs> so you were a former kindergarten teacher, mm -hmm. yeah. Talk to us about some of the struggles you had as a teacher in regards to your salary. Yeah, so first it's important to note that I actually am licensed from birth until eight years old. And then when it came to making a decision on whether I would do kindergarten or if I would do preschool, I had to weigh what, are, what am I most passionate about, right? I absolutely love children. I love the youngest learners. I love the babies. I love being in the room, watching them play, watching them um, learn from each other. And I also had to be realistic about salary. And so if it comes to making a minimum wage job as a preschool teacher working with four-year-olds, I unfortunately had to make that choice for myself and for my well-being and sustainability to choose to teach kindergarten, which is wild because it's just one year difference. But that salary was way better than what I would have made if I were a preschool teacher. So Javita, in your case, salary did kind of impact your dreams as a teacher where your passion was lying at the time. Yeah, I had to completely pivot once I got to that realization of I could either make a non-livable wage or I could make a living wage, really. And that must have been so tough saying, I want to work with preschoolers, but I just can't. Yeah. So you work with PEBC, which is the Public Education and Business Coalition. Talk to us about your work there. Yeah, so Public Education and Business Coalition is really a nonprofit that looks at um, the educator workforce from recruitment to sustaining them um, and then also retaining them in the profession. And we do that in three ways. So we have our residency program, and that is really teacher preparation to get people um, to get their foot into the door into school so that they have mentors and that they fall in love with being a teacher. And then we have our professional learning, which really works to sustain and retain teachers and really meet them where they are, um, not just teachers, but leaders as well. Like, what do you need? How can we help you? How can we support you in your development? Um, and then I work on the policy team. And I really work with legislators and stakeholders to think about sustainable, equitable solutions for schools as, as a whole. And you can provide them with a lot of firsthand knowledge with yeah. your personal struggles. We know you're focused, again, on the retention of teachers. What are you hearing from teachers that are saying, I'm about ready to give up, Jamita. I'm about ready to go. It's really hard because I want them to feel valued, right? Um, so one of the biggest things is that early childhood professionals are viewed as just babysitters, and there's so much more than that. The amount of work that it takes to even go into early childhood, you have to know the academic content, right? And then you also have to know social-emotional learning. You have to know brain development, child development, um, and then you have to continue to maintain that license. And so um, that's one of the big things where I constantly remind um, my, my friends who are still in the workforce, like you are so necessary, the kids love you, I value you, the work that you're doing matters. And if I can give them opportunities to lend their voice to the policy work that I do, I am more often than not throwing opportunities their way because politicians and policymakers need to know what's actually going on on the ground. 
What are you saying to those stakeholders, those politicians? You're screaming from the rooftops, we need funding, <laughs> and it seems to not really be happening. It's interesting because I would say a lot of the stakeholder groups that I work with really, really want to do what's right by kids and what's right by teachers. Mm. And there are systemic things that are in the way that are creating barriers like to that. I mean, pay, compensation. So like how one of the questions that I constantly ask is how can you increase compensation for every single child coworker, not just the educators, but also the assistant teachers, the paraprofessionals. Um, how can we do that in a way that does not put more burden on families? Because families are already paying astronomical rates just to have their kids in their own So not childhood. passing that cost on to the families and their children. Right, so how can we rethink this system so that it's sustainable and equitable for everyone? Jamita, what are some ways people can get connected with the PEBC and, and some of the work that you're doing? Yeah, so we're really thinking about different uh, solutions with the community and business partners to think about how can we maintain this workforce? How can we uplift this workforce and come up with solutions? Um, we also just uh, put out a policy brief with recommendations um, for policymakers. Um, it was called the Early Childhood Workforce Coalition. So if you go on our website, you'll be able to find those recommendations. And one final thing that is important to note, the Early Childhood Leadership Commission, they're actually redoing their workforce plan right now. And so they're really soliciting input from people who are providers, who are practitioners, who are families, to figure out how can we not only sustain the workforce that we have, how can we recruit people, and how can we make sure it's diverse and reflecting the families that are in our state. Jamita Horton with PEBC, thank you so much for being very honest, real about all the things that you face in your personal life and all the work that you're doing with PEBC. Oh, thank you very much. Jamita Horton is a former kindergarten teacher who now works for the Public Education and Business Coalition. If sending your kids to childcare just isn't in the cards, you may be thinking about how you can take care of those duties on your own. After the break, we look at the rise of at-home childcare services in our state and whether that would be a good option for your family. This is Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. This is Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. Today, we're having a real talk about childcare in Colorado. Earlier in the show, we looked at childcare deserts across the state. That scarcity of childcare providers has caused some families to take matters into their own hands. Yeah, at-home childcare services like My Village are increasing in our state. In fact, Colorado Public Radio looked at data from the Colorado Children's Campaign and found 57% of the state's children are enrolled in home-based childcare services. We invited Dora Esparza from Denver's Early Childhood Council to join us for this Real Talk. Thanks for joining us, Dora. Thanks for having me. What are you seeing on your end about the rise of at-home childcare services? People in the home saying, I'm gonna bring some kids in. So there's actually been kind of an increase looking at that because there are people that have had children during COVID and they're finding that either they go find a job outside of the home and work to pay for childcare, or they can try to become a family licensed childcare home and watch other people's children in their care. So that kind of helps them have care for their own children and they're able to subsidize their income a little bit as well. It's a win-win situation. What are some of the benefits of this type of model? We've talked about a lot of different models, but what are you seeing with this specific model of childcare? 
So family childcare kind of gives a more intimate feeling than centers sometimes. You know, you if you need later care, you need care until nine o'clock at night. Um, if you work overnight shifts, if you're a nurse, a doctor, you know, an essential worker, somebody that's stocking grocery stores at night, there are care needs that are outside of our general, you know, eight to five that we think of when we think of childcare. So family childcare homes can really help with that a lot. And also the consistency of care of having the same childcare provider from, you know, an infant all the way through preschool, you're not changing classrooms. So it's a different model. I can't say the one's better than the other, but there are definitely some benefits to that. And a lot of parents might be a little more interested in that. Yeah, my kiddo went to an in-home uh, provider, and it was just up the neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So when we went to the playground, oh, there's there's Mrs. So-and-so, right? Yes. And, and that was really cool to have that right in the neighborhood. But also, like you said, uh, when we had to go, let's say, on a date night or something, mm -hmm. there is that in-home provider that can say, yeah, I'll, I'll watch your daughter. Yes. Yeah. It's actually really handy. It's a really good way for women to be able to kind of subsidize their income. And I think, you know, when we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, Childcare really is an equity issue. Like mm. there is something really to be said for, you know, when COVID happened, a lot of the women ended up staying home when childcare closed. Like this is a fundamental woman issue. It's a workforce issue. And I don't know if people understand how childcare ties into the economy and the workforce. So if you have women that do need to stay home because they can't work just to pay for childcare, this is a way that they can kind of be financially empowered to be able to make their own you know, money while yeah. they're able to watch other people's children in their own. Dora, speaking of expensive, childcare is expensive, yes. and that's definitely an equity issue. But talk to me about how a lot of parents aren't even bearing the full burden of the cost of what it takes to take care of a child. Yes. So the overhead for childcare is just astronomical, really. Um, it's basically, you know, the cost of care. I talked to a provider last week, and their cost for an infant for a month was three thousand seven hundred dollars. Mm the cost of providing that care for that one infant. And you can't charge a parent that because parents can't afford that. So you're basically providing a service, we'll say for a dollar, that parents are only really able to afford to pay like 75 cents on. You know, and that's not a business model that's successful, obviously, if we were selling suits or glasses or anything else. So for childcare providers, they spend a lot of time trying to subsidize that additional cost, you know, between the 75 cents basically on that dollar parents can afford to pay and the dollar of the cost. And that's not even talking about profit. You know, most business, you want to make a profit over the cost of what the care is. Childcare providers, we don't even ever talk about profit in ECE just because parents are so outraged about what the costs are already. So real quickly, is the pandemic still having an impact on in-home care? Yes. So in in-home care, not as much because they're a lot more able to isolate during the pandemic. But for child care centers, mm. you know, when the staffing kind of fell through, they had to close a lot of child care classrooms. And so they haven't had the staff to come in to be able to reopen those classrooms. And that has been a very fundamental challenge. Thank you so much for joining us today for this Real Talk. And that's this week's episode of Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. Every week, we'll be having a real talk on issues that impact Coloradans who are often overlooked. And you can find all of our shows at denver7.com slash realtalk or cpr.org slash realtalk. Have a great day.